0: chapter nine of in the high valley this is a libravox recording all libravox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit libravox dot org recording by ellie in the high valley by susan coolidge chapter nine the echoes in the east canyon LANEL certainly did redden when johnny's message was delivered to him the quick-eyed elsie noted it and darted a look at clover but clover only shook her head slightly in return Each sister turned to her own opinion. They were very desirous that the high valley should make a favorable impression on Dory, for it was his first visit to them. The others had all been there except Katie, and she had seen Cheyenne and St. Helens, but to Dory everything west of the Mississippi was absolutely new. He was a very busy person in these days, and quite the success of the carr family in a money point of view. The turn for mechanics which he exhibited in boyhood had continued and determined his career electrical science had attracted his attention in its earlier half-developed stages he had made a careful study of it and qualified himself for the important position which he held under the company which was fast revolutionizing the lightning and street-car system of burnett now growing to be a large manufacturing center this was doing well for a young fellow not quite twenty-five and his family were very proud of him he was too valuable to his employers to be easily spared and except for the enforced leisure of the grippe it might probably have been years before he had felt free to make his sisters in colorado a visit in which case nothing would have happened that did happen dear steady old zobersides said elsie as she spread a fresh cover over the shelf which did the duty of a bureau in the bachelor's room i wonder what he will think of it all i am afraid he will be scandalized at our scrambling ways and our having no regular church and consider us a set of half-heathen bohemians i don't believe it dorry has too much good sense and has seen too much of the world among business men to be easily shocked and our little sunday service is very nice i think geoffrey so reverently and for sermons we have our pick of the best there are i know and i like them dearly myself but i seem to feel that dorry will miss the pulpit and sitting in a regular pew he is rather that sort of person don't you think you are too much inclined to laugh at dorry said clover reprovingly he does not deserve it of you He's a thoroughly good sensible fellow and has excellent abilities papa says not brilliant but very sound. I don't like to have you speak so of him. Why, oh, clovy, my little clovy, I almost believe you are scolding me. Let me look at you. Yes, there is quite a frown on your forehead, and your mouth has the firm look of grandpapa Carr's daguerreotype. I'll be good, really, I will. Don't fire again. I've come down like the coon in the anecdote. There is a dear, and you are another, and I'm so glad he's coming but really it's not in human nature not to laugh at one solemn person in a frivolous family like ours, now is it? See that you behave yourself, then, and I'll not scold you any more,' replied Clover, magisterially, and ignoring the last question. She marked the effect of her lecture by kissing Elsie as she spoke, but it was hard to resist the temptation. Elsie was so droll and coaxing, and so very pretty. They expected to find Doris there something of an invalid, and made preparations accordingly, but there was no sign of debility in his jump from the carriage or his run up the steps to greet them he was a little thinner than usual but otherwise seemed quite himself it's the air explained johnny this blessed western air he was forlorn when we left burnet and so tired when we got to chicago but after that he improved with every mile and when we reached denver this morning he seemed fresher than when we started i do think colorado air the true elixir of life it is quite true what she says I feel like a different man already, added Dorry, Clover, you look a little pulled down yourself. Was it nursing miss? What's her name? I'm all right. Another day or two will quite rest me. I came home only day before yesterday, you see. How delicious it is to have you both here. Dorry dear, you must have some beef tea directly. You fain has a little basin of it ready, and dinner will be in about an hour. Beef tea? What for? I don't need anything of the sort, I assure you roast mutton which i seem to smell in the distance is much more in my line i want to look about and see your house what do you call that snow peak over there this is a beautiful place of yours i declare papa would open his eyes if he could see him remarked johnny confidentially when she got her sisters to herself a little later it's like a miracle the way he has come up he was so dragged and miserable and so very cross only three days ago now dear things let me look at you both are you quite well how are the brothers-in-law? Where are the babies? And what have you done with Miss Young? The brothers-in-law are all right. They will be back presently. There is a round-up day to day, which is the reason we sent Isadore in with the carriage. No one else could be spared. The babies are having their supper. We will see them at noon. Imogen has gone for a fortnight to St. Helens. Oh, Johnny turned aside and began to take down her hair. Mr. Young is with her, I suppose? No, indeed. He is here and staying with us will see him at dinner oh said johnny again there was a difference between these two o's which Elsie's quick ear detected please unlock that valise went on johnny and take out the dress on top this i have honest too dreadfully dusty to be endured joanna carr had grown up very pretty many people considered her the handsomest of the four sisters taller than any of them except katy and of a very different build large vigorous and finely formed she had a very white skin hair of pale bronze-brown and beautiful velvety dark eyes with thick curling lashes she had a turn for dress too and all colors suited her the woollen gown of cream-yellow which she now put on seemed exactly what was needed to throw up the tints of hair and complexion but she would look equally well on the morrow in blue with quick accustomed fingers she whisked her pretty locks into a series of artlessly artful loops with little blowing rings about her forehead and stuck a bow in here and a pin there talking all the time and finally caught little Phillida up in her strong arms and ran downstairs just in time to greet the boys as they dismounted at the door and shake hands demurely with lionel young who came with them all three had raced down from the very top of the upper valley at breakneck speed to be in time to welcome the travellers there is always one moment big with fate when processes begin to take place when the first fine needle of crystallization forms in the transparent fluid and the impulse of the chilling principle begins to work on the fruit juice and the frost principle to inform the water atoms these fateful moments are not always perceptible to our dull apprehensions but none the less they do exist and they are apt to take us by surprise because we have not detected the fine gradual chain of preparation which has made ready for them i think one of these fateful moments occurred that evening as lionel young held joanna carr's hand and his straightforward english eyes poured an atterrant beam of welcome into hers they had seen a good deal of each other two years before but neither was prepared to be quite so glad to meet again they did not pause to analyze or classify their feelings people rarely do when they really feel but from that night their attitude toward each other was changed and the change became more apparent with every day that followed as these days went on bright golden days cloudless and full of the zest and snap of the nearing cold Dorry grew stronger and stronger so well did he feel that after the first week or so he began to allude to himself as quite recovered and to show an ominous desire to get back to his work but this suggestion was promptly scouted by everybody especially by john who said she had come for six weeks at least and six weeks at least she should stay and as much longer as she could and that Dora, as her escort must stay too no matter how well he felt besides she argued there is all your life before you in which to dig away at the and things and you may never be in colorado again you wouldn't have the heart to disappoint clover and elsie and hurry back and there's no real necessity they are so pleased to have a visit from you oh i'll stay i'll certainly stay said dory you shall have your visit out john only when a fellow feels as perfectly well as i do it seems ridiculous for him to be sitting around with his hands folded taking a mountain cure which he doesn't need autumn is the busiest season for cattlemen everywhere which made it the more singular that lionel young should manage to find so much time for sitting and riding with johnny or taking her to walk up the steepest and loneliest canyons they were together in one way or another half the day at least and during the other half johnny's face always wore a preoccupied look and was dreamily happy and silent even clore began to perceive that something unusual was in the air something that seemed a like great deal too good to be true she and elsie held conferences in private during which they hugged each other and whispered that if Whenever, ever if ever papa would surely come out to live in the valley he never could resist three of his girls all at once but they resolved not to say one word to johnny even look as if they suspected anything lest it should have a discouraging effect it never does to poke your finger into a bird's nest observed elsie with a sapient shake of her head the eggs always addle if you do or the young birds refuse to hatch out and of course in the case of turtle doves it would be all the more so lay low pray fox and wait for what happens it all promises delightfully only i don't see exactly supposing this ever comes to anything how imogen young is to be disposed of we won't cross that bridge till we come to it said clover but all the same she did cross it in her thoughts many times it is not in human nature to keep off these mental bridges at the end of the fortnight imogen returned in very good looks and spirits and further beautified by a pretty autumn dress of dark blue which mrs hope had persuaded her to order and over the making of which she herself had personally presided it fitted well and set off to admiration the delicate pink and white of imogen's skin while the new warmth of affection which had come into her manner was equally becoming why didn't you say what a pretty girl miss young was demanded dory the very first evening i don't know i'm sure she looks better than she did before she was ill and she is very nice and all that but we never thought of her being exactly pretty i can't think why she is certainly much better looking than that miss chase who was here the other day i should call her decidedly handsome and she seems easy to get on with too isn't it odd remarked elsie as she retailed this conversation to clover imogen never seemed to me very easy to get on with and dory never before seemed to find it particularly easy to get on with any girl i suppose they happen to suit but it is very queer that they should people are always surprising you in that way what with john's recently developed tendency to disappear into canyons with lionel young with the boys necessarily so occupied and their own many little tasks and home duties there had been moments during the fortnight when clover and elsie had found Dorry rather heavy on their hands he was not much of a reader except in a professional way and still less of a horseman so the two principal amusements of the valley counted for little with him and they feared he would feel dull or fancy himself neglected with the return of imogen these apprehensions were laid at rest dorry if left alone promptly took the trail in the direction of the hutlet returning hours afterward looking beaming and contented to casually mention by way of explanation that they had been reading aloud to miss young or that he and miss young had been taking a walk it is remarkably convenient elsie remarked one evening but it's just as remarkably queer what can they find to say to each other do you suppose if dory had not been dory besides being her brother she would probably have arrived at a conclusion about the matter much sooner than she did quick people are too apt to imagine that slow people have nothing to say or do not know how to say it when they have while all the time for slow and quick alike there is the old old story for each to tell in his own way which makes the most halting lips momentarily eloquent and which both to speaker and listener seems for ever new fresh wonderful and inexhaustibly interesting in a retired place like the high valley intimacies flourish with a wonderful facility and quickness a month in such a place counts for more than half a year amid the confusions and interruptions of the city dorry had been struck by imogen that first evening he had never got on very well with girls or known much about them there was a delightful novelty in his present sensations there was not a word as to the need of getting back to business after she dawned on his horizon quite the contrary two weeks three four went by the original limit set for the visit was past the end of his holiday drew near and still he stayed on contentedly and every day devoted himself more and more to imogen young she on her part was puzzled and fluttered but not unhappy she was quite alive to doris merits he was her first admirer and it was a new and agreeable feature of life to have one like other girls as she told herself lionel was too much absorbed in his own affairs to notice or interfere so the time went on and the double entanglement wound itself naturally and happily to its inevitable conclusion it was in the beautiful little ravine to the east which clover had named pentestamon canyon from the quantity of those flowers which grew there that dory made his final declaration there were no pentestamons in the valley now no yuccas or columbines only a few belated autumn crocuses and the scarlet buried mats of kenny remained but the day was as golden bright as though it were still september we have known each other only four weeks said Dorry, going straight to the point in his usual direct fashion and if i were going to stay on i should think i had no right perhaps to speak so soon for your sake mind, not for my own i could not be sure about my feelings for you if we had been acquainted for years but i have to go away before long back to my home and my work and i really cannot go without speaking i must know if there is any chance for me i like you very much said imogen demurely do you then perhaps one day you might get to like me better still i'd do all that a man could to make you happy if you would and i think you'd like burnet to live in it's a big place you know with all the modern improvements not like this which pretty as it is would be rather lonely in the winters i should think there are lots of nice people in burnet there's johnny whom you already know and my father you would be sure to like my father oh don't go on in this way as if it were only the advantages of the change that i should consent it would be for quite different reasons if I did. Then, after a short pause, she added, I wonder what they will say at Bidford. It was an indirect yes, but Dorry understood it was yes. Then you'll think of it. You don't refuse me, Imogen. You make me very happy. Dorry did look happy, and as Bliss is beautifying, he looked handsome as well. His strong, well-knit figure showed to advantage in the rough, climbing suit which he wore. His eyes sparkled and beamed as he looked at Imogen may i talk with lionel about it he asked persuasively he represents your father over here you know yes i suppose so she blushed a little but looked frankly up at dory poor lion it's hard lines for him i feel guilty at the idea of deserting him so soon but i know your sisters will be good to him and i can't help being glad that you care for me only there's one thing i must say to you theodore no one since he was baptized had ever called Dorry theodore till now for i don't want you to fancy me nicer than i really am i was horribly stiff and prejudiced when i first came out i thought everything american was inferior and mistaken and all the english ways were best and i was nasty yes really very nasty to your sisters especially dear clover i have learned her worse now and i love her in america and i shall love it all the better for your sake but all the same i shall probably disappoint you sometimes and be stiff and impracticable and provoking and you will need to have patience with me it is the price you must pay if you marry an english wife this particular english wife at least it's a price that i'll gladly pay cried dory holding her hand tight not that i believe a word you say but you are the dearest truest honestest girl in the world and i love you all the better for being so modest about yourself for me i am just a plain sober sort of fellow i never really was bright like others and there is nothing in the least subtle or hard to understand about me but i don't believe i shall make the worse husband for that it's only in french novels that dark inscrutable characters are good for daily use indeed i don't want an inscrutable husband i like you much the better as you are then after a happy pause isabel templestowe she is Geoff's sister you know and my most intimate friend at home predicted that i should marry over here but i never supposed i should it didn't seem likely that any one would want me for i'm not pretty or interesting like your sisters you know oh i say cried Tori. Haven't I been telling you that you interest me more than anyone in the world ever did before? I never saw a girl whom I considered could hold a candle to you, certainly not one of my own sisters. You don't think your people at home will make any objections, do you? No, indeed. They will be very pleased to have me settled, I should think. There are a good many of us at home, you know. Meanwhile, a little farther up the same canyon, but screened from observation by a projecting shoulder of rock, another equally satisfactory conversation was going on between another pair of lovers johnny and lionel had strolled up there about an hour before dorry and imogen arrived they had no idea that anyone else was in the ravine i think i knew two years ago that i cared more for you than anyone else larnel was saying did you perhaps the faintest suspicion of such a thing occurred to me too I used to keep thinking about you at odd minutes all day, when I was working over the cattle and everything, and always thought steadily about you at night when I was falling asleep. Very strange, certainly. And the moment you came and I saw you again, it flashed upon me what it meant, and I perceived that I had been desperately in love with you all along without knowing it. Still a stranger. Don't tease me, darling Johnny. No, Joan, I like that better than Johnny. It makes me think of Shawdark. dark. I shall call you that, may I? how can i help it you have a big will of your own as i always knew only don't connect me with the ark unless you spell it and don't call me jonah never he was the prophet of evil and you are the good genius of my life i am not sure whether i am or not it plunges you into all sorts of embarrassments to think of marrying me neither of us has any money you will have to work hard for years before you can afford a wife and then there's your sister to be considered i know poor moggy but she came out for my sake She will probably be only too glad to get home again whenever other arrangements are possible. Will you wait a while for me, my sweet? I don't mind if I do. How long will you wait? Shall we say ten years? Ten years? But Jove, no, we'll say no such thing. But eighty months? We'll fix it at eighty months, or two years at farthest. I can surely fetch it in two years. Very well, then. I'll wait two years with pleasure. I don't ask you to wait with pleasure. That's carrying it a little too far. I don't seem able to please you, whatever I say, remarked Johnny, pretending to pout. Please me, darling Joan, you please me down to the ground, you always did, but if you'll wait two years, not with pleasure, but with patience and resignation, I'll buckle to with a will and earn my happiness. Your father won't be averse, will he? Poor Papa, yes, he is very averse to having his girls marry, but he is somewhat hardened to it i am the last of the four you know and i think he would give his blessing to you rather than any one else because you would bring me out here to live near the others perhaps he will come too it is the dream of clover's and elsie's lives that he should that would be quite perfect for us all you say that to please me i know but you will say it with all your heart if it happens for my father is the sweetest man in the world and the wisest and most reasonable you will love him dearly he has been father and mother and all to us children and there is my sister katy you will love her too i have seen her once you remember yes but you can't find katie out at once there's too much of her oh i've ever so many nice relations to give you there's ned Worthington. he's a dear and cousin helen did i ever tell you of her she's a terrible invalid you know almost always confined to a bed or sofa and yet she has been one of the great influences of our lives a sort of guardian angel always helping and brightening and cheering us all and starting us in right directions oh you must know her i can't think how you ever will for of course she can never come to colorado but somehow it shall be managed now tell me about your people how many are there of you eleven and i scarcely remember my oldest brother he went away from home so long ago jim was my chum he's no end of a good fellow he's in new zealand now and beatrice that's the girl next to imogen is awfully nice too and there are one or two jolly ones among the smaller kids oh you'll like them all especially my mother we'll go over some day and make a visit that will be nice but we shall have to wait till we grow rich before we can take such a long journey lion do you think by and by could manage to build another house or move your cabin farther down the valley i want to live nearer clover and Elsie. you'll have to be away a good little of course as the other boys are and a mile is a goodish bit as imogen would say it would make all the difference in the world if i had the sisters close at hand to put my lips to when dispatched why, of course we will. Joff built the hutlet, you know. I didn't put any money into it. I chose the position because, well, the view was good, and I didn't know how Moggy would hit it off with the rest, you understand. I thought you might do better a little farther away, but with you it's quite different, of course. I dare say the hutlet could be moved. I'll talk to Joff about it. I don't care how simple it is, so long as it is near the others. Went on Johnny. It's easy enough to make a simple house pretty and nice. I'm so glad that your house is in this valley, Lion a little pause ensued what was that asked johnny suddenly what that sound it seemed to come down from the canyon such a very odd echo if it was an echo what kind of sound i heard nothing voices i should say if it were not quite impossible that it could be voices very low and hushed as if a ghost were confabulating with another ghost about a quarter of a mile away oh that must be just a fancy protested lionel there isn't any living soul within a mile of us and at the same moment dory a couple of hundred feet distant was remarking to imogen these canyons do have the most extraordinary echoes there's the strangest cooing and sibilating going on above Wood pigeons most probably there are heaps of them here about presently the pair from above slowly climbing down the ravine hand in hand came upon the pair below just rising from their seat to go home there was a mutual consternation in the four countenances, comical to behold. "You here!" cried Imogen. "And you here?" retorted Lionel. "Why, we never suspected it. What brought you up? And Carr too? I declare!" "Why, oh, it's a pretty place," stammered Imogen. "Theodore, Mister Carr, I mean. Now, Lionel, what are you laughing at?" "Nothing," said her brother, composing his features as best as he could. "Only it's such a very odd coincidence, you know." very odd indeed remarked dorry gravely all four looked at one another solemnly and questioningly and then it was impossible to help it all four laughed but jove cried Lionel between his paroxysms i do believe we have all come up here on the same errand i dare say we have remarked dorry there were some extremely queer echoes that came down to us from above not a bit queerer i assure you than some which floated up to us from below retorted johnny recovering her powers of speech we thought it was doves, and we were sure it was ghosts, affectionate ghosts, you know, on excellent terms with each other. Young, I want a word with you, said Dory, drawing Lionel aside. And I want a word with you. And I want several words with you, cried Johnny brightly, putting her arms through Imogen's. She looked searchingly at her. I am going to be your sister, she said. I promised Lionel. Are you going to be mine? Yes, I promised Theodore theodore cried johnny with a word of admiration in her voice oh you mean dory we never call him that you know yes i know but i prefer theodore dory seems a childish sort of name for a grown man do you mean to say that you are coming out to the valley to live yes by and by and you will come to burnet we shall just change places isn't it nice and queer it's a sort of double barrelled international alliance declared Lionel. now let us get down and astonish the others the others were astonished indeed. They were prepared for Johnny's confession, but had so little thought of Doris that for some time he and Imogen stood by unheeded, waiting turn at explanation. Why, Dory, cried Elsie at last. Why are you standing on one side like that with Miss Young? You don't look as surprised as you ought. Did you hear the news before we did? Imogen, dear, it isn't such good news for you as for us. As... Oh, yes, indeed it is. I am quite happy in it, as you can be. Ladies and gentlemen, cried Lionel who was in topping spirits and could not be restrained the shrinking pair also have a tale to tell it is a case of change partners all around and down the middle let me introduce you to mr and mrs c o lion you wretched boy stop interrupted johnny that is not at all the right way to do it let me introduce them friends and countrymen allow the echoes of the upper east canyon to present to your favourable consideration the echoes of the lower east canyon We have all been sitting up there unbeknownst, within a few feet of each other, and none of us could account for the mysterious noises that we heard, till we all started to come home and met each other on the way down. What kind of noises? demanded Elsie, in a suffocated voice. Oh, cooings and gurglings and soft murmurs of conversation and whisperings! It was very unaccountable indeed, very. Dory, said Elsie next day, when she chanced to be alone with him, would you mind if I asked you a rather impertinent question? you needn't answer if you don't want to but what was it that first put into your head to fall in love with imogen young i am very glad that you did you understand she will make you a capital wife and i am going to be very fond of her but still i should just like to know i don't know that i could tell if i tried replied her brother how can a man explain that sort of thing i fell in love because i was destined to fall in love i suppose i liked her at the start and thought her pretty and all that and she seemed kind of lonely and left out among you all and then she's a quiet sort of girl you know not so ready to talk as most or so quick to pick at a fellow or trip him up i've always been the slow one in the family you see and by way of a change it's rather refreshing to be with a woman who isn't so much brighter than i am the rest of you jump at an idea and off it again while i'm gathering my wits together to see if there is an idea imogen doesn't do that and it rather suits me that she shouldn't you are all delightful and i'm very fond of you i'm sure but for a wife I think I like someone more like myself. Of all the droll explanations that I have ever heard, that is quite the drollest, said Elsie to her husband afterward. The idea of a man's falling in love with a woman because she is duller than his own sisters. Nobody but Dory would ever have thought of it. End of chapter 9 Recording by Ellie, October 2009